0: Even when challenging Satan to take his best shot, God remains in control. Here's Pastor Xavier Reese. Then the Lord
1: said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth? God is boasting of his servant as a man of character and godliness. God is soliciting something that he knows the outcome of because he knows the heart of this man. God is in control.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The narrow road leading to the kingdom of God isn't necessarily a walk down easy street. In fact, 1 Peter 4 mentions to not think it strange should any fiery trials spring up. Peter goes on to say that partaking in Christ's sufferings are ultimately to bring glory to God. But the one example above any other in all of Scripture in honoring God through suffering would have to be the Old Testament character of Job. Pastor Xavier begins our character study of Job with some introductory remarks. Let's listen.
1: One of the most difficult things for people to accept is the evil and wrong that goes on in the world if there is a God. At least that's what people use as an excuse for not believing in God. In particular, if he is a God of love, how can he allow children to be born blind or deformed? How can he allow innocent people to be brutally murdered and abused? How can he allow injustices to go on and to continue? On and on. The failure is not in God, but the failure is to understand that all that goes on, in this world is a result of the fall. And man's continued rebellion against God. And I think that's clearly stated in Genesis as well as in Romans chapter 1. We want to do our will. We want to live as we want to. And then when things fall apart, we want to hang God for it. We say, well, I don't think it's right for God to impose his will on me. And I don't want to do it. So a person doesn't do God's will. And then when the consequences come, they say, God, why didn't you stop me? Well, he respects your will. Perfect gentleman. Yet despite of man's sin nature and whose bent is towards evil, he does have some potential for good. But his bent is towards evil. So we don't deny that man has a capacity for good. But his bent is towards evil. That we have to be very clear on. And yet God is able to transform him by his grace so that he can live above his sin nature if he submits himself to God. And there's the key to life. In studying Job, we hope to better understand the intricate partnership of God and sufferings that so often confound mankind. As usual, we're going to use three points to hang all our thoughts on. First, the book of Job. We're going to look at it. Then, the man Job. And then, we're going to finish with the integrity of Job. So, let's begin with the book of Job. First of all, the book of Job fits into a type of literature, genre. The book of Job is one of the five books which is categorized as... Poetry type of literature it is. It's poetry. Sometimes called books of wisdom. The five are Job, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, and Song of Solomon. The Jewish canon, Job is found between Proverbs and Song of Solomon. But under the Jewish writings, it's under the title, The Writings. Remember, the Jewish canon is divided into three sections, Law, Prophets, and The Writings. The book of Job was not one of the books designated for public reading in the synagogues, as were the Pentateuch and some of the other prophetical books for seasonal and special feasts. The book was more for private reading. Now, in our English canon, it's divided into five sections. The law, the first five books the Pentateuch. Books of Moses, sometimes called. History, Joshua to Esther. Poetry, I gave it to you. Job, Song of Solomon, all the way through there. The major prophets. You have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And then, of course, the minor prophets from Hosea on down to Malachi. Now, remember that the major and the minor the difference between those is not in importance, but in the length of the book. But that logic doesn't even follow because some of the minor prophets are longer than Daniel, the major prophets. Now, Hebrew poetry is contrary to our form of rhyme and rhythm and sound. We rhyme. The bell went well. Oh, poet. That's not Hebrew poetry. Hebrew poetry rather focuses on the ideas of parallelism to emphasize the message and meaning, whether it be in contrast or complements. The book has been said to be the poetical genius of Israel reaching its noblest height in range of imagination and sustained splendor of diction, a foremost place almost among the masterpieces of the world's literature. Tennyson expresses the common feelings of literature critics when he pronounced it, quote, the greatest poem, whether of ancient or of modern times. It's an amazing book. To give you an example of, of Hebrew poetry, it's the thought that, that is carried on. For example, and you would, you would, what you would do is match and put capital A, capital B, capital C, and then wherever it matches, you would put A1, B1 see one, and you would see the crisscross. So you would say, I will not speak. That's A. The contrast on the next line would be in the middle, will not utter. The second part of the first one would be with my lips. The contrast to that would be "And my tongue. And then the last part of the first line would be falsehood, and the compliment would be, be deception. So it would be like this: I will not speak with my lips falsehood, and my tongue will not utter deception. It crisscross, acrostic, boom, 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 and the thought is carried on. It can go in one line, two lines, three lines, or meters, till it, it keeps focusing, focusing, and boom, and nails it at the end. But it's of thought, not of meter and rhyme. So there's a big difference between English and the Hebrew poetry. Now, the authenticity of the book. Some look upon the book of Job as a mere story and they attempt to link Job to such stories as those of Babylon, Egypt and Iran and the Indian folklore and they attribute Job to really an unknown author. The book of Genesis by the way mentions an individual called Jobab which some believe may be Job himself in Genesis 36:33. The land of Uz is mentioned by Jeremiah. This is the location of Job. We're going to see that. You find that Jeremiah 25, 20 and also in Lamentations 4, 21. Ezekiel also attests to the existence of Job. You remember the context? It was in view of his ability to intercede before God for man. The Israelites had corrupted themselves so much that Ezekiel said, even if... Daniel, Noah, and who Job were present, they would not save anyone but their own souls. Ezekiel 1414, 1420, 14, 14, and you find Job the intercessor, one area in Job forty two, eight. The New Testament, the book of James, also speaks. Of the perseverance of Job, using him as the object lesson of the Lord's compassion and mercy in James 5.11. So there's too many records of his name in scripture to just attribute him as a some fictional character as many of the higher critics believe he is. As I said, the land of Oz was located east of Palestine, west of Arabia, northeast of Idumea, towards the Euphrates River. It was Gentile country. As to the date of his writing, you will find variation. Some attribute the date from Moses all the way to Ezra. But there are internal evidence that would date it in the patriarchal period before Moses, which would make it the oldest book of the Bible in the time of Abraham. The oldest book that was written, because remember Genesis to Deuteronomy, was written by Moses. It was handed down from family to family, through memory through different things, but Moses compiled it. So if in fact Job did live in the days of Abraham, then this is the oldest book of the Bible. Now... The purpose of the book of Job, I don't believe, is for the purpose of simply coming to a complete understanding on why we suffer. But that we might see how wrong we can be in our understanding about our sufferings or the sufferings of others. Due to our limited Knowledge and understanding of the facts and how much God may be involved in our suffering as well as the lives of others. We don't always know. We don't have that information. It's like trying to solve a math problem when you have one factor missing. You've got to find that missing factor. Trying to balance your checkbook with a lost check. <laughs> you can't do it. But also how God can and does use adversity and suffering for his purposes for our maturing in faith. There's his wisdom. Thirdly, how God can use Satan as an instrument for his purposes. Setting up certain boundaries. Removing others. Fourthly, how good and evil men suffer in this life. But at the end, the righteous are vindicated by God and the evil are condemned. That can happen during this lifetime, but for sure it'll happen in the next. Injustices do happen to just people, to good people, to moral people, to godly people. And fifth, how we are to faithfully commit ourselves to God in our sufferings. As unto a faithful creator. This is clearly taught throughout scripture from Genesis on. 1 Peter 4.19 is a good one to hang on to. We commit ourselves to him as a faithful creator in our sufferings. You go on through trials, read 1 Peter. Fiery trials. Sixth. The theme of the book is the purposes of God. Through the suffering and problem of understanding human suffering in relationship to the individual and God there's where we don't understand as we're going to see Job's friends were convinced that Job was a dirty rotten sinner but how wrong we can be at times we have to be careful now let me just introduce you to the characters of the book of Job the protagonist is the leading man, Job, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Chapter 1, verse 1 through 3 will tell us that. If he is the Job of Genesis, he is the grandson of Esau, the great-grandson of Abraham, as we've seen in Genesis thirty-six, thirty-three. The antagonist, Satan, who was expelled from heaven and is the enemy of God and man. We'll see him in chapter 1, verse 7, 2, 2. The supporting actors are three friends of Job. We'll call them miserable comforters, physicians of no value later on. Eliphaz, the Timonite, was a descendant of Esau. That gives you an idea. Genesis 36, 11. Bildad, the Shunite, was a descendant of Abraham and Keturah. Genesis 25, 2. And so far, the Nehemiahite is unknown. A shooting star. The villain, is Iliu, the Buzzite. What else can you expect with a type of name like Buzzite? He was a descendant of Abraham's brother, Nahor. Job 32.2 and Genesis 22.21. There's a the cast. There were two sons of Taylor. The oldest one set out to make a name for the, for the family and turned its attention towards Parliament and prestige but Hudson Taylor the younger chose to give his life to Christ so he turned his face towards China in obscurity Hudson Taylor is known and honored on every continent as a faithful missionary and as the founder of the China Inland Missions but when you look in the encyclopedia to see what the other son has done You find three words, the brother of Hudson Taylor. Men may have their names inscribed in marble monuments for feats of fame. Someday, these monuments will fall in fragments. But he that does the will of God abides forever. This is what the book of Job reveals about Job. Let's look at the man Job now. First of all, Job was a man of character, listen, by reputation, okay? A man of character by reputation. In chapter 1, verse 1, it says, There was a man in the land of Oz, whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And so he was a man who lived in the land of Oz between Edom and Arabia near the Euphrates River. His name Job, which is believed to mean enmity or hostility, inveterate foe to persecute or be an enemy, being very relevant to his recorded experience. He was blameless, which speaks of his character before men. Now, you can be thought of as a man of character before men and still not be a man of character. If your character is simply based on reputation and not character itself, your reputation is worthless. If your reputation is based on character, who you really are, then your reputation is good. That's very important. He was... Upright, referring to straight or righteous towards men. He feared God, which is the basic foundation of wisdom. Proverbs 1, 7 and 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. He shunned evil, meaning that he turned away from evil when it presented itself. The proverb says, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you, to deliver you from the ways of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. Proverbs 2, 11 through 12. The two tables of the law are here represented. Righteousness is a result of godliness. Notice in verse 2, secondly, Job was a loyal family man. Job had been blessed by God with children, seven sons and three daughters. Children are a sign of God's favor. They're the fruit of the womb, Psalm says. Blessed is the man who has his quiver full. Children also procured an old person in his old age. Now, Job had a wife. We don't meet her till chapter 2, verse 9. It's not in a very good light, but we'll just point her out right now. The scriptures again say a wife is a man's helpmeet. A help for life. That's the creation design in Genesis. A wife is a good thing and a blessing from God. He who finds his wife finds a good thing and a blessing from the Lord, Proverbs says. Notice verse 3 of chapter 1. Job was next a wealthy and wise man. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, a very large household. And he was the greatest of all people in the east. He was blessed by God with possessions and wisdom above all the men of the east. Notice fourthly, when you come to verse 4 down to verse 5, Job was a faithful high priest in his home. Verse 4 tells us that his children would feast with one another in their houses. And they were under his covering. His fatherly love did not blind him. Notice that. To the potential evil of his children. So he would sanctify his children by raising up early in the morning. And sacrifice to God. In verse 5. It's a wise father. Job would offer a burnt offering, symbolic of dedication and consecration to God. Remember that these sacrifices preceded the Mosaic Law. These are not given in record on how until the Mosaic Law. And yet we see them here. Now, Job understood the nature of man. He would do this because his children might curse God in their heart, he says. Parents, The only thing that holds up your kids' halo is their horns. Remember that. You need to lift them up to the Lord. You need to oversee them. You need to restrain them. You need to guide them. And you need to deal justly with them. Now, Job did this regularly as a faithful and loving father and high priest for his home. Notice fifthly here Job was a man who got allowed to be tested. Through great sufferings The first two chapters remember Of Job are available to us now But Job knew nothing about them There are two scenes in heaven Of Satan presenting himself before God And God speaking to Satan To consider his servant Job He has no knowledge of this You and I have the advantage of chapter 1 and chapter 2 He did not. The first scene deals with the test of Job's character. Chapter 1, verse 6 through 12. I want to walk you through it. Verse 6, the throne of God in heaven is the location as the sons of God come and present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. Satan has access to heaven. The scriptures tell us in Revelation one day he's going to be cast out of heaven. Right now he has access. He's the accuser of the brethren. Notice the initiator is God. Verse 7 and 8. God inquires about Satan's activities. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro the earth and from walking back and forth in it. Notice God is the one who suggests the testing of Satan. So he's declared his activities in the realm of the earth. Here's where his activity and kingdom is. This is where his focus is. He's the God of this world. Second Corinthians 4, four, He's the prince of the power of the air. Ephesians 1, uh, 2, 1 and 2. Notice God is the one who suggests the testing of Satan, as I said. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Underline the word consider. It's a military term indicating the most strategic location From which you might defeat Job. Have you scrutinized and looked for the weakest place in his life? Whoa! Is God for him or against him? God is boasting of his servant as a man of character and godliness. God is not going to the ponies and hoping he wins. (laughs) God is not at Vegas hoping that he strikes it rich. God is soliciting something that he knows the outcome of because he knows the heart of this man. Keep that in mind. Joe was completely ignorant about the events and conversation of these first two chapters before the throne of God. If he would have had knowledge of these, do you think he would have had a difficult time as he's gonna record? Of course not. You and I don't always know what's going on in heaven and so we have a difficult time. And this recorded so that we don't have a difficult time. God is in control.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese, emphasizing the sovereignty of God through good times and bad is our salvation. Now today's Simple Truths character study is titled Job Part One, and copies are available on C D to all who request one. Having your own copy is a handy way to study scripture more in depth and at your own pace but also a convenient way to pass on to someone else you might know that would appreciate its teachings. So once again, that title is Job Part 1. Request yours today by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please help us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. More on God's sovereign use of suffering when our character study of Job continues next time. Tell a friend and join Pastor Xavier Reese for more Simple Truths right here.